You're listening to the Stay Sore Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Stay Sore Podcast. My name is Bo Skitsko. As always, I'm your host, and today I have the huge pleasure to talk to Ed Ash. You are a physical therapist, and we are in your facility where you treat people, train people, recover people, right? Yes, sir. Um, so I was thinking how to introduce yourself. There's so many different letters after your, mm -hmm. after your name. I didn't even bother remembering all of them, but you have a degree in physical therapy as yeah. well as in psychology. I do. My, my bachelor's degree is in psychology. Mm -hmm. I, I, I read on your website you worked in New Jersey, obviously Ohio, Alaska and stuff. So you have a, quite a bit of experience here and there at... Uh, I think you work with clients as a physical therapist, so yes. psychology is built into the, the whole thing altogether. No doubt about it, because you know injury affects your behavior. Yeah. And I mean, we could, we could have a whole podcast on that, yeah. really. Yeah. The topic today, what I wanted to talk to you about is when you get hurt, let's say you go skiing and you tweak your knee or in the gym you lift something and then you pull something in your shoulder or elbow, how do you know if you can walk it off or if you need some physical therapy or just adjust your... Your, your form of the exercise or where you know you need like to see a doctor or, physical, uh, or a surgeon or something bad, professional imaging. How do you differentiate? Is it the bad injury or just walk it off? It's a big question. I yeah. think so the first thing that I would probably think about is the difference between having pain and having an injury, yeah. right? Uh, I would say like almost everybody on the roster has pain in some way. It's like working with a dancer right? Those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. They all have pain, but do they have an injury? Type of problem, you, you want to categorize that because it could be a traumatic thing. Like something literally happened, like you tweaked your knee with skiing or you're doing uh, an exercise and you're going for, you know, another rep. Mm -hmm. We hear that a lot. You've, you've heard that a lot. I've done that personally to myself. Yeah. You probably have too. Yeah. Squeezing out an extra rep, you have an injury. But then you have the kind of problems that are more like overuse over time. Can we talk about overuse injuries yeah, first? Yeah, go ahead. Because that's ahead. pretty common. You could take a stress fracture. A stress fracture is an overuse injury, a common overuse injury. And my, I, I have a saying, I say, you, you can only get a stress fracture one way. You earn it. Doms, like delayed, yeah, delayed onset, onset muscle soreness. Okay, mm -hmm. we hear about doms. And that's, you know, sometimes you're like, hey, that's a good thing. I'm sore, I had a good workout. But, uh, and then that could add up uh, and you get excited about that and then you do too much and now you're too sore. There's a pathway to overuse, mm -hmm. and it's really decision-making, right? And you could categorize overuse injuries in four categories. Stage one, we talk with athletes a lot about this, so they understand how to make these decisions because stage one would be, you know, they do their practice, they do their workout, uh, everything's great, there's not a problem at all. Uh, they take their drive home, they get out of the car, and they, they notice their knee is sore. You know, mm -hmm. it feels like it's a little bit sore. And they don't even think about anything. You know, it goes away and you don't even think about it. We call that stage one. Level two would be they're warming up and they notice their knee is sore a little bit. Maybe it's a little bit of soreness, but uh, it goes away after the warm up and they play, no problem. And then again, they take the ride home, they get out of the car and it's a little bit sore again. So a little bit at the beginning in the warm up goes away totally. And a little bit later on after the activity's over. I, I would assume that's stage, very common, right? Very common. Stage two, very common. Yeah. Right? Because stage three is just like stage two, but it doesn't go away during the workout or during the activity. It, like you kind of feel it throughout the activity, okay. but it's not, here's the key, it's not interfering with the performance, right? So it's like you can do everything that you need to do. Nobody is going to ask you, is something wrong? Mm -hmm. And you feel like, hey, I was able to get through my whole workout without a problem. I felt it a little bit, but it must be okay because it didn't 
interfere with my ability to do what I need to do. That sounds like my life. That is, <laughs> right? A lot of people live there. A lot yeah, of people live yeah. in, that's stage three. Stage four is just like stage three, but the difference is the intensity. And really the, the criteria in stage four is that now your coach says, what's wrong? I could see you're, you're holding up. You're, you're not trusting this. You're, mm -hmm. you're, it's, it's clearly, now you're not lifting as much weight. You can't do, you have to stop in the middle of your set of push-ups. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's hurting. That's stage four. Okay. Okay. For us, when we're talking to a patient like this, because we see overuse injuries a lot in here. Mm -hmm. And then you see overuse injuries in categories of people. You know, you see uh, the other types of injuries in like these big collision sports, that kind of stuff. And obviously you, you kind of know a big injury when you, yeah, when you yeah. hear the story. They have a great story. The others are real insidious. They creep up. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, I'm not sure how this started, right? We hear that story all the time. Yeah. So stage one and stage two, we could live there. Like you could live in stage one and stage two. I hate to say it, but it's almost part of trying to become better. -ish. It is a little bit. It is because, you know, uh, like runners, for instance, right? Runners uh, are always worried about overtraining. Mm -hmm. And I say to every runner I treat, you're, you're overtraining anyway. Just accept it because running high mileage it's just, it, it's not uh, really like a natural thing. I'm not very, saying it's wrong. It's not wrong. It's very repetitive. But if you have that, it is. It's repetitive. It's just over and over again. And as the way a, a lot of sports are, dance, gymnastics, these kinds of things. And, and to a degree, a lot of it. So you're always kind of, you accept the fact that you're overtraining a little bit because that mindset helps you then to make better decisions so that then you can do your cross training mm -hmm. a little bit more, right? If you're in stage one and stage two and you understand all the stages, and you understand what your management strategy is, meaning mm -hmm. like, okay, I gotta, do my, I gotta do some correctives. Like we could talk about correctives too, right? But I've got a couple things. I went to the physical therapist or I saw this online or whatever, and I'm gonna do a couple of these things for my, for my knee or for my ankle. I'm gonna do a little ice massage at the end or you know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. As long as you're doing that, then you can live in stage one and stage two. If you're in stage three or certainly stage four, then you must rest. Now, what does rest mean, right? So does rest mean 100% shutting down? <laughs> to most people it does, right? That's a good excuse. Who's interviewing not... you here now, right? Okay, but, <laughs> no, I, but sometimes you do have to shut it down entirely, right? That's, it's pretty bad then. It's more than systemic nervous system and stuff. Yeah, and it's active rest because we want, to, we want to kind of get rid of the inciting activity, you know, say we're gonna step back from that, but there's lots of other things we can do. If it's downstairs, we can go focus on upstairs. You know, in opposites, we can do cardio, we can do all this stuff. Yeah. So we're gonna keep the blood flowing, we're gonna keep because moving. Because blood flow repairs tissue much faster. No doubt. So the worst thing you can do when you have an injury in one little part of your body, the worst thing you can do is sit down and do nothing because then that part is not having more oxygen and nutrition coming in there, right? You're exactly right, you're exactly right. And the other thing too, is like from a, from a client's perspective, from a patient's perspective, and we see a lot of young people, but anybody, like we go back to the psychology thing, and you know, now they know they're, they're hurting, they're in stage three, they're stage four, and you're gonna tell them you have to stop everything and do nothing, and you know, we know that pain has triggers the response in our body, right? Pain is like our body doesn't appreciate that, our body's always gonna try to move away from that. Pain is a good thing if but you it's think a, about it. You're exactly right, right? So we just have to acknowledge it, we have to, we have to treat it. So I think having this conversation, understanding that there's a, that there's a plan, that there's a management strategy. We do that at kind of a, maybe like a more elegant level or a robust level because we've got like with these big injuries in here, right? Because we've got it, that's our training. Yeah, that's what but you do But you can make these decisions like at the street level, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no doubt about that mm -hmm. and just understanding that. But so many people push through 
three and four. They're pushing and they just have to understand like, okay, well, I, need a, I need a couple correctives. But having that mindset where, okay, I, I can do active rest, I have a support system, I have a plan, like from a behavioral standpoint, like from an emotional standpoint, which I feel like has a lot to do with how, you, how your body heals. I agree with you right? 100%. And uh, I think that that gives them, you know, power over the problem rather than the problem having power over them. I, I feel like that's a really, that's a big deal about what we do here, teaching people how to solve their problems. A lot of time things, uh, people think I teach people how to perform an exercise like mechanics and then push them, push them. That's supposed to be my job. And then your job's probably like the same thing, but a little more elegant yeah, yeah. where you teach them how to do corrective exercises and then, then do some therapy and uh, mobility and stuff. But uh, I think a lot of our job, if not the most part, is talking people through what's going on instead yeah. of doing the physical part, explaining to them how to react to it and how to what attitude to have towards the exercise or towards the healing process. Uh, big, big, big part of our job, I would say. I, I mean, I spend probably 80 to 90% of my day teaching. There you go. You know, really teaching and having conversations about this stuff and, and problem solving. Yeah. So we, we talked about the overuse spectrum of hurting, pain, injury. So what if you actually get hurt, something clicks, something like, ah, can I walk it off? When do I have to see a specialist? When do I have to do imaging? Yeah. And all, how, when should I get worried, scared? Yeah, that's a good question. So the overuse category, really you're only having the pain during, like when you get to three and four, right? It's during the activity. Mm -hmm. Even in maybe a stage four, you could have a situation where if you are then away from the activity the next day, the day after that, like you can walk around, you're not having the pain, mm -hmm. right? If something happens, you tweak your knee, you squeeze out the last rep, pull up, whatever it might be, yeah, yeah, yeah. you tweak your shoulder, your elbow, and now every movement hurts, every step hurts, or even worse, maybe something is like stuck or locked or okay. feels, you know, doesn't feel right. You know, those are, we talked about pain being a, a good thing. You know, you're, when it doesn't feel right, Okay. Know, that's always a good but time. But it doesn't Trust feel right after the activity in everyday life? I'm saying like, well, we're talking about now an injury, right? Yes. An injury, like the injury. So, you know, trust your gut, I think, for sure, too. But uh, again, if it's something where every rep or, or every step after the workout, now you've, now that to me is an, an injury, right? Now we've got to probably uh, go see, I mean, in, uh, this is what we do then, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, you could go see your... Your, your family physician if you wanted to. Uh, you could go see uh, if you have like an orthopedist or a sports medicine specialist, a physician that you wanted to see. Um, I mean, this is what we do, uh, physical therapy. And just so people know, in Ohio, many other states as well, almost all the states, you could come see a physical therapist direct access. Mm -hmm. You don't need to have a referral. Okay. You can simply make a phone call and you can schedule an appointment. And part of our training is to really understand what's going on and then to know, hey, is this something that we can take care of uh, here and teach you how to manage it? Or is it something that's going to require imaging or further, I should just say, further consultation? Now, let me ask you this real quick. <clears throat> Are you allowed to diagnose as a physical therapist? Um, so the, the short answer is we don't medically diagnose, but we know a tendonitis. Well, when I we see, You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So we, we are trained in differential diagnosis, meaning like if you have knee pain uh, and we 
do an examination. Our job is to determine, is this, is this, a, is this a ligament problem, a stability problem? Is this a meniscus problem? Is this a tendon problem? So we understand that level of working diagnosis so that we then can put a plan together or we can make a determination if this, if this case needs outside consultation. And we, you know, I've been working in the business for 25 years. I have a great network of, of really, really good surgeons that I know in different areas. You know, if somebody needs to know, hey, who's the best, uh, who's a couple good back surgeons to see, who's a couple good pediatric orthopedists to see. Uh, getting, getting to the right guy or gal uh, with the right training at that level to have that discussion about, you know, hey, after the MRI, and to understand, is this a surgical problem? Because then you're getting into, you know, you want to be able to talk to somebody and, and get a couple consultations. And we work with surgical cases all the time, right? And we, we make these consultations. So we've been working with a lot of these people. That, mm -hmm. that could be very helpful. Back to my original question. When should I, I, I me or like the, the average Mrs. Jones, mom of two, was working out, tweaked something. When should she start getting worried and call a doctor? I think coming to physical therapy, and a lot of people going back to that concept that something bad has to happen. And I think maybe that's a, this is also something just to talk about, mm -hmm. is that it doesn't really have to be that bad. You don't have to have this big injury to come see the physical therapist, because what we do really well is maybe help to troubleshoot this stubborn, kind of low-level, frustrating, familiar problem that is insidious and kind of hidden, mm -hmm. maybe not talking about it too much, that a lot of people have, back pain, pain in the butt, pain in the leg, so pain in the shoulders. So these little things can be very, very helpful to come in. Personally, I would go see the physical therapist first. I think if you're, like in, the, if, if you're in the Medicare category, I think those folks, we recommend that those folks go see the family physician first and let them know than to get the referral to come to physical therapy. But I think seeing a physical therapist first, uh, when that's happening, and then working with somebody like you, and you know, we talk to coaches all the time. We talk to you know, sp you know, like sports college coaches, high school coaches, club coaches, you know, putting these plans together, talking with personal trainers, talking you, with you, yoga instructors. You guys trained a bunch of my clients too. Yeah. So the overuse element of it, you can kind of gauge yourself and make decisions by yourself if you like, go to the gym by yourself or something like that, um, or manage it with your support system, like your, your workout buddy or your trainer or whatever. But then when you have like an acute injury, something is really like pain, hurting, tweaking, whatever, you put together a plan and you go through the plan. And if the familiar pain is not going away while doing that, or at least improving, you should either change the plan, plan or ask for more professional opinions which the next step would be maybe physical therapy or potentially your family doctor that mm -hmm. still might refer you to physical therapy or if the physical therapy is not an option or not helping, then imaging, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Am I getting that right? You are absolutely right, yeah. Okay, best way to treat injuries is to prevent them. But prevention is not sexy. Yes, and I, I say that to my clients sometimes too. Before I explain the next exercise, I say, let's learn something new. This is the stuff that is not sexy, but you need it if you want to be able to do the sexy stuff. Yeah. Like when people talk to me, how do you lift 500 pounds in the deadlift? Well, because I can also do impressive things on one leg without even shaking. You know what I mean? I know exactly so, what you mean. Uh, those things sometimes, like you said, are not sexy, but very important. And I think the, the key words, two key words in this 
in this setting, in this topic that we're talking about is one that you mentioned was familiar pain. If you have over and over familiar pain, that shoulder keeps nagging me for the last two years, but I'm still like pushing through and still doing my stuff. Or the other word that I think is, pre or sentence is preventing injury instead of healing injury. Why mm -hmm. would you heal injury if you can prevent it? I totally agree. And I, I kind of joke when I said that, it's not a word that I use here, but um, I think, you know, prevent, if I'm most interested in anything, I'm interested in prevention because yeah. we see the same things. I think we think the same way about a lot of things. And when you see an injury, then you always think like, man, how could, yeah. some injuries you cannot prevent, right? I mean, we see these injuries on television, we're watching a game yeah. and you see yeah. these massive collisions and the leg goes this way, like that, that stuff happens. Um, but these injuries that where you have, you know, it's, it's a result of bad decision-making or it's simply like an athlete running and they make a little cut, nobody's around and they tear their ACL or they sprain their ankle. Well, if you talk to, you learn that, that there was those kind of things, you may not be able to, you know, prevention is an interesting word, but like reducing the risk, like we always are interested in reducing the risk yeah. as much as we possibly can. And essentially that's what, that's what a lot of these therapeutic exercises are, these corrective exercises are. They're really yeah. prevention exercises, but a lot of people don't really, aren't interested in prevention. You know, we're in a society where everybody wants, <laughs> right they now, want a go, number, go, go. they want the data, they want to lose the weight, they want to lift the weight, they want to, they want to, they want to run this fast, they want to jump this high, but really, if you go and you, you go and look at a, a group of professional high level achieving athletes and you go see how these athletes train, yeah. they work on the absolute base fundamentals every single day, every single workout. Sure, they do the big deadlifts and they do that stuff, but every single workout, they're doing the base layer mm -hmm. foundational stuff and that's what keeps them on the field. Most people think of working out and results like in the like that Rocky movie with Eye of the Tiger blasting in the background, lift, go hard, you know. Yeah. But uh, the true performance and the true, for lack of a better word, bad buttness comes from those little controlled things that will make your big lifts and jumps and sprints that much better and more controlled. Every, everybody that you work with has, certainly the injury people that we work with, they have these, this little group of corrective activities that they have to do. You know, corrective exercise is... A, is become a common term or you know recovery exercises or corrective exercises mm -hmm. or therapeutic exercises these are all very similar things but i think with you can avoid this and these clients of yours can avoid this most often if you know you know and you you know you get to really know these people yeah of course and so you understand like they've got this tricky shoulder they've got this tricky knee they've got this history of this of, of this back so each of them is going to have their little package of these little correctives that they do. And yeah. that is what's going to help keep them to be able to, you know, so to speak, walk it off. If they're, if they're really being proactive instead of reactive, I think mm -hmm. that's like the mindset, right? Yeah. We gotta be proactive and, and continue to do those. And you're gonna see that happening a lot less. And if you're making all those right decisions, being proactive, doing your correctives, making the right decisions, learning the, trusting the movement quality and learning the movement quality, and you still can't walk it off, I mean, then you know, then you know yeah. that it's probably time to not stop everything, but just like you need, it takes a team, right? Sometimes to get this stuff done. Yep. So now, now then we're on the same team. We say, hey, you come see one of us, a physical therapist, and then we teach a couple of things. And I say, I'm going to call Bo and I'm going to talk to Bo and say, hey, here's what we did. This is what I've got so-and-so doing. 
and these are some of the, 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 the program that she's on or he's on, and uh, let's see how it goes, right? Let's yeah. work this together. Sometimes it's a matter of trying different things and see which one is, works best. Yeah. Because everyone is different. I, I think this topic is super important because even if you do everything perfect, once in a while you have a little boo-boo that you need to deal with. And I hope this is going to help our listeners to understand the types of injuries going from overtraining, overdoing certain movement patterns to straight out getting help. And thank you so much for being here. And uh, where can people find you if they have more questions for you? Uh, we're at Active Physical Therapy. So uh, we're in Richfield, Ohio. Mm -hmm. and, uh, is there a website? Oh, there's a website, yes. Uh, ActivePT.com. So okay. Active is spelled A-C-T-I-V. All right, I'll link uh, so it there's, down. So there's the no E, okay. but ActivePT.com. We've been in Richfield. We've been here since 2007. So Wow. And now we have a new facility here since 2020. The facility is beautiful. I'll play some, some pictures of the facility in the background while we talk. Thank you so much, Ed. I'll link your information down below. Guys, if you have more questions for Ed or for me, uh, leave it in the comments. Subscribe. I'll see you next time. Ed, thank you so much. I have a feeling we're going to do this again. I'd love future. to, yeah. It's yeah. great. Stay sore, guys.